I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Jack Danny, who is Vice President of Strategy and Innovation at New Harbor Security. Prior to joining New Harbor, Jack founded three security software companies that were acquired by WatchGuard Technologies, IBM, and AlertLogic. We're going to be discussing the added security risks that healthcare organizations sometimes face in the aftermath of mergers and acquisitions. So, Jack, as you know, last fall, Common Spirit, a hospital chain that's grown substantially through a number of mergers and acquisitions, experienced a ransomware attack that affected some of its hospitals in various regions of the U.S. for weeks. Most recently, Prospect Medical Holdings, which was purchased by a private equity firm about a decade ago and has also grown from five hospitals in California to 17 hospitals across several states, also suffered a ransomware attack that forced many of its healthcare facilities to take IT systems offline, disrupting patient care services. So with that said, based on what you see, Jack, are there any common factors that do seem to come into play for organizations that have grown through M&As in addition to all the other security risks that all entities face? Sure. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about it because I think it's a really important topic for us to review because cybersecurity so often is thought about being largely the domain of those end point organizations, right? In this case, it is a hospital in a certain region, or it is a healthcare facility in a certain region, right? Um, But what ends up happening in these moves, right, through the acquisition and aggregation of uh, healthcare centers together is that it changes, right? That the natural reliance upon one another, the natural interconnectivity that happens, it changes the nature of cybersecurity. And I think that a really, really important lesson that we're gonna have to come to grips with is for all the benefits that exist through the combination of like functions and the sharing of expertise and the sharing of equipment and knowledge and all of those things in these larger combinations, There also is a cybersecurity impact, right, which is that there now are more pieces that are touching one another. And having been doing cybersecurity for the last 30 years, I can promise you that most of the problems in cybersecurity happen at those connected points, in those gaps. And that's really where the challenges arise. So even if each one of those organizations was secure in and of its own, you know, administration of its cybersecurity. And even if the acquiring organization had great security, you start putting these things together and suddenly you have to reimagine what cybersecurity means if you're going to eliminate the type of sort of gap-led cybersecurity issue that opens up you know, the opportunity for some of these more widespread attacks to first get in, but then spread so virally. So when you start looking at the potential gaps, what sort of things do you see? Well, if you think about the the fact that a lot of these organizations are now going to trust one another in a way that they didn't in the past. So if I look specifically at the, the merger, we'll just say of two healthcare systems with one another. You know, I've got five hospitals there, five hospitals there. They traditionally didn't really talk to one another very much, right? But if the organization that brings them together recognizes the efficiencies, and there are efficiencies in combining things like IT acquisition or IT management or sometimes cybersecurity, 
you start saying, okay, well then, I can simply think of one structure that will bring them together. It'll achieve cost savings, so more can be spent on actually delivering quality healthcare to people. Um, and I'm not going to worry so much about these overlapping IT systems. The problem is that a lot of those systems were purposefully implemented and configured so as to describe an ecosystem, which was just those original five hospitals on either side of that acquisition. And when I put them together, there isn't that process necessarily to say, or what does this mean now, right? I can no longer run them as though I'm just taking two organizations and putting them together because they each have their own organizations outside that partnership that they deal with. They each have their own uh, communities of trust, right? Of individuals that they trust. So if an individual in the initial part of the organization, you know, finds themselves corrupted, suddenly it's much more likely that I can see a viral spread of that corruption into this other organization because it's largely unprotected because it thought it was coming into sort of an equally secured whole. And specifically, if I think about the technology changes that can happen as a result of improving efficiencies in, in these acquisitions, I can think of having to change over what is the technology that actually supports the acquired entity, right? And so the individuals there who were experienced and responsible and had configured the existing systems, they're not going to necessarily have the same familiarity. And so they may not be as experienced or as confident as the organization that's doing the acquisition may expect them to be. And so that creates another gap, sort of a, a skills gap in terms of the way it gets connected. And the, the last piece of this, and I think it's a realistic concern, healthcare is a very, very complicated business. There are very tight margins as people figure out the best way to offer the best care they can. Sometimes cost cutting can cause individual elements of a cybersecurity program to either be combined or eliminated because they may appear redundant or less effective than the ones that exist in the acquiring entity. Unfortunately, cybersecurity systems tend not to live in a vacuum, right? They tend to be tightly intermeshed with other parts of the IT infrastructure. And so there may be unpredictable effects, gaps created by changing out or eliminating systems that may appear to be redundant. So there is a whole bunch of information that has to go into a really thoughtful process during that acquisition to make sure that those organizations stay as secure as they were. So Jack, when it comes to the IT cost reductions and other sort of expenses that are often sort of looked at, you know, after a merger or an acquisition, and then also the IT integration that takes place in the aftermath of an M&A, are organizations not sufficiently vetting the impact of these cost-cutting measures and IT integration and the impact that it has on cyber? And how do organizations avoid some of the mistakes that happen? And what, what sort of mistakes do you often see in that area? The most common mistake that, that, that I see, that we see in these kinds of events is that there was a misunderstanding about the complexity of the challenge that was in front of people. You know, historically, cybersecurity vendors in the cybersecurity marketplace has been very, very difficult for folks to understand, right? There isn't a month that goes by that somebody doesn't issue a report on the shortfall in cybersecurity talent, right? So even just establishing an organization with sufficient resources and diligence to have a good security architecture and good security program is hard. Expecting that same team now to take on X, you know, new entities and new challenges and new facilities and simply bring them in 
it, it is as complicated as all the hard work that went into securing that first organization in the first place. And so I think the first mistake that gets made to the point of your question is there is not necessarily an appreciation for how hard it will be to maintain security in that organization that's being brought in. The second mistake I think that gets made is that people don't understand just how remarkably complicated healthcare is from a cybersecurity perspective. If I think about the number of systems that are in, inherent in delivery of healthcare, it's like everything else together. You have got private information about in, individuals that is their most treasured, right? Their healthcare, their illnesses, their remedies, super, super private. At the same time, these are very complicated financial organizations who have to think about multiple insurers and multiple providers and the mesh to make sure that everyone gets paid. And on top of that, the federal systems and the insurance system that mandate specific styles of reporting. So extra complicated from sort of a financial and reporting perspective. Now we start thinking about the devices that are involved, right? Instruments that are used for imaging, instruments that are used for gathering patient telemetry. Some of these have been around for years, if not decades, and are running on older platforms and, and exist inside a relatively fragile environment that has to be maintained in a very specific way to keep them secure. And the last bit of this is, they are so broad, right? The average hospital will have practitioners, doctors and nurses and technicians who are providing services and they're coming from all over the place. Sometimes they're visiting, sometimes they're full-time employees, sometimes they're, they're coming in with a patient who has a specific concern. And so just managing identity and access control also really, really hard. So when you think about plugging these two organizations together, I don't think that anyone would be super surprised to find out if I take two banking systems and put them together, it's going to be hard. And my guess is there would probably be hundreds or thousands of people thinking about how to make sure that that works because people intuitively say like, oh, finance, got to be careful. Healthcare, more complicated. Healthcare, more kinds of people. Healthcare, typically a less advanced more legacy style environment. And so putting this together, I think it's really, really harder than some people will expect it to be. So one of the mistakes is as people are envisioning these acquisitions and all the benefits that combination can bring, they may not be thinking about the cybersecurity challenges that'll be required to keep them stable and resilient over the course of time post acquisition and, and, and integration. And Jack, what about technical debt? in hospital systems, the haves and the have-nots come together. How does that come into play? Yeah, it's it's a great question. And I, I'd read some of the work you had done before and some of the work that's gone on Capitol Hill to try to help people to recognize the need to better invest and better understand specifically rural healthcare, which is a big deal, you know, in my mind as well, because of the challenges of that delivery. And yeah, a lot of this technology is not new. And as technologists, right, we always think about technical debt as I haven't moved up to the most recent platform or I haven't started using the cloud or I'm not using AI to help enhance, you know, service delivery. We're talking in the question that you asked, we're talking technical debt about a system that provides really, really critical care that's based on an operating system that was built 10 or 15 years ago that's out of support, right? That the service, remembering that healthcare organizations exist to help people and to cure them and to provide them with healthcare, they're not concerned with 
the shiniest new form of things, right? Because so much of their business is the talented, committed professionals who deliver it. The tech that supports them is sort of second place. If given a choice to the hospital board, you can have another super talented doctor or another super talented nurse, or you can upgrade these systems that monitor people's heartbeats on the floor. What are you going to take? Well, the ones that we have work, yeah. Well, I'm going to save more lives and do more good for my community by bringing on that new talented resource that's a human, and I'm going to spend money on that. And so technical debt, it is big, right? But it is it is big in a context where there's a lot of big challenges and a lot of service delivery challenges, some of the most important of which are the caring hands and feet that will actually deliver the services. So it's hard. It's really sort of hard to point a finger and say you should have invested more in tech, right, when they're probably spending their money investing in the doctors and nurses that care for all of us. So, Jack, with all that said, is there one piece of top advice that you would offer to healthcare entities that are undergoing or contemplating a merger and acquisition in terms of sort of staying ahead and being aware of you know, some of the top issues that you were just discussing? Yeah, I really would. I, I would recommend that at organizations who are thinking about performing these financial transactions to gather the efficiencies and do a better job and reap the financial rewards as well, of course, of bringing these things together to recognize how fundamentally they're going to change the landscape of the resilience of the firms that they're acquiring. And in fact, the firms that they already own. You know, if you look at this attack that we're talking about from last week, you know, that was an attack which actually started more administratively, right? And that suddenly permeated its way to all these healthcare facilities who then were knocked offline and they could no longer be delivering the quality of care that they wanted to. As those organizations were being brought together, someone should be having the checklist the same way I am absolutely certain they are making sure that all the financial audit characteristics are clean. Do we understand how much we spend for this and that? Do we understand where our commitments and our contracts are? Do we understand our liabilities for certain types of risk? They should take an equally thoughtful approach to understanding what it will mean to maintain a secure infrastructure for these organizations to live within so that you don't see what we've seen happen a couple of times, which is a single failing because of the fact they were brought together without that thoughtful separation spreads rapidly causes far more harm than most people would have expected and completely changes the dynamics of whether the deal was a good idea in the first place. Well, thank you very much, Jack. I've been speaking to Jack Danahy. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.